Hey Sham listeners, Marcus here. Welcome to the first of our three demo episodes of Sham Fiction Season Duel. If you listened to episode zero, you know the drill. These are episodes that we recorded over the summer and wanted to share with you while we're putting in the final touches on the first few episodes of the official season two. So without further ado, enjoy a couple of great stories based on Edgar Wright's Baby Driver by Andrew Neal and Eric Carlson. They say the pen is mightier, but in whose hands? Sham writers haven't read a lot, so your sham host will find a famous plot. From books and films and TV shows, they'll make a pitch, then off you go to write what you don't know. This is Sham Fiction, the show where two writers cross pens in a duel to write what they don't know. Now, here's your host, Marcus Mann. Welcome! Listeners to Sham Fiction Season 2, I'm your host this week, Marcus Mann, and here on Sham Fiction Season 2, we're doing something a little bit different from Sham Fiction's Season 1. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. Good thing I'm not one of the writers this week. What we're doing is we're calling this Season Duel, and did I say writers? That's right, because we are going to have two writers duking it out, dueling to see who can write the best version of this thing I kind of poorly tell them about. So let's bring in this week's writers. First of all, you know him as the Sausage King of Minneapolis, Andrew Neal. Say hello to the people at home. Hey, everybody. It's the Sausage King of Minneapolis, apparently, Andrew Neal. Hey, Marcus. How you doing? Doing great, Andrew. Uh, I, 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 I'm really excited for our podcast, Shmam Schmixman. I'm glad you were listening to that. That might get you some extra points down the line. But before I award those, let's bring in your challenger... Everyone's favorite big walking carpet, Eric <laughs> W. Carlson. Come on hey, out, Eric. Am I a Wookiee? You are. You are a Wookiee in my um, heart. Oh, that's good. You're They're the cuddly. apple of my eye, the Wookiee of my heart, the fruit of my looms. <laughs> Ooh. Hello. <laughs> All right. Um. And so you gentlemen are going to be writing this week. You're both going to be writing based off of the same property that I'm pitching you. You know the property. The audience knows the property. They sound a little podcast description. That's right. This week, we are talking about the soon-to-be-released Edgar Wright film, Baby Driver, mm-hmm. which has been pointed out to me multiple times is not the same as The Boss Baby, although <laughs> I could see a crossover. Very similar tone. Uh, Alec Baldwin, you know, could make it happen. I'm excited for the 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 inevitable crossover, but it's it is it going to be live action with the boss baby like a Roger Rabbit style uh, animated character in the real world shifting the gears. <laughs> I think that's clearly the way to go. Is that the way to go? Is that how you do it, you guys? I'm, you know, that's driver. how I'm going to write this. Whatever the pitch is going to be, there's going to be a boss baby in it. <laughs> you know, if Edgar Wright is involved, I'll watch it and I'll love it. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I, I, I hope he's involved. Uh, maybe they'll get Peyton Reed to do it instead. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say, I'm really pumped for this because this is like my most anticipated movie of the summer. I love Edgar Wright. We all love Edgar Wright. And this movie does not look like it will disappoint. And you're pitching it to us, so I assume that you enjoyed it. I loved this movie. I was so fortunate to see it a full month early in an advanced screening. And I cannot say enough good about it. So Edgar Wright 
as Andrew mentioned, is one of our favorite writer-directors. He wrote the Cornetto trilogy, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End. The Johnny Depp one, not as good, but the one with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. <laughs> Excellent. Good distinction and to make. After he uh, worked on Ant-Man for a while, left that. That's why I made my little Peyton Reed joke, who directed Ant-Man. Still a good movie. Still had Paul Rudd in it. I love Paul Rudd. But... Edgar Wright made his first American movie, a movie he was working on for 22 years, and it's what? called Baby Driver. Yeah, that's right. 22 years he worked on this. I did, Isn't that I crazy? Didn't, I didn't know that. Is yeah. he even 22 years old? He's like 23. <laughs> he was a boss baby when he started. Now he's a baby driver. He is a man. <laughs> oh, That's good. So the way this is going to work we talked about this in episode zero, and just want to clarify one more time, because this is our first episode. As you've seen from our flawless banter here at the top, we're still learning the process. <laughs> but we're going back to a little experiment we did during season one, where we did dueling sham fix, where I, as your host, am going to pitch this property. It's something that Andrew and Eric have never seen before. They haven't read the script or anything. And based on my description, they are going to write their best, most screen-accurate version of Baby Driver. And I'm going to judge them on merit, on appropriateness of the content to the pitch, and on the magic of being close to the actual film in ways that I never even described. And maybe in how much they look like a Wookiee. It's not clear (laughs) their reign over sausage in Minneapolis might be involved. Oh, I hope not. I'm going to make it up as I go. If that wasn't clear already. (laughs) I think that's pretty clear. (laughs) (laughs) With that being said, I want to point out this movie is coming out June 28th in the U.S. I'm not sure if it's going to come out before or after this episode hits your ears. We'll see. Uh, They're doing a lot of advanced screenings because studios do that when they know they have a good movie and they want to build word of mouth which this movie is great, and obviously I'm talking about it to everyone I can, including you, dear listeners, and our favorite writers this week. So, a couple notes on content. Uh, This film hasn't been rated yet. Probably a sort of hard PG-13, or maybe an R. Some language in it. Bits of blood, some gore. A little bit. A little violent. When they get violent, they get violent in this film. Uh, There are going to be minor spoilers in my pitch. I would never do something to ruin an Edgar Wright film before my friends here. (laughs) So nothing that I'm going to reveal is shocking within the narrative. Uh, It's things that are pretty obvious, and I'm not going to reveal any big twists or turns if they may exist in the end. No pun intended. Twists (laughs) and turns, driver. If you don't laugh at that, you don't get any points. All right, Eric is not getting any points. Uh, I chuckled. I chuckled. At least didn't say no. (laughs) (laughs) There's still a possibility of getting points. Uh, (laughs) Did you just Wookie growl? Just a sad Wookie growl. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Eric's back in contention. So I really want to get started talking about this movie, but I have a limit of eight minutes. So. I'm going to pitch for eight minutes, and then each of these gentlemen will get two minutes to ask questions that the other doesn't get to hear the answers to. And then they're going to go off into their Wookiee caves and write. I assume, no, Wookiees are in the trees. They don't have caves. I'm sorry. They're in the trees. That was offensive. I did not mean to be offensive. Sausage kings have caves. Yes. Yes. You know, (laughs) we we enjoy our caves where they are moist and we keep them warm 
because that's how you keep the sausages. And hey, we don't want to know how it's made. That's, oh, that's rule number one. Oh man, uh, you're on fire. Oh good. boy, saving all the good stuff for the uh-huh. pitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you gentlemen want to say before we get started? Are you ready to go? I'm so ready. I am shifting into drive. Love it. Oh my gosh, is drive another part of the shared universe? <laughs> Any movie that has the word drive or some iteration or baby. of it is in the same... Or baby. <laughs> so three men and a baby uh, is involved in this, you know. So we got the Gutenberg. We're, we're covered. Oh, man. Uh, what other drive-related movies? Unfortunately, none of the Fast and Furious movies because none of them have the word drive or baby in the title. Shocking. Uh, oh, gosh, Fast and Furious babies. Like Muppet Babies? I'd watch that. <laughs> Oh, I, I would totally watch that. Little Just like baby a little Vin buff, Diesel. Little buff baby Vin Diesel. <laughs> and an even buffer baby rock. I think this is a great introductory episode. You should know, if you're listening at home, what this podcast is all about by now. If you're not clear, explained it. let's get to our pitch. So let's get that timer going now. Pitch session. Eight minutes on the clock. Three, two, one. Let's jam. All right, guys, Baby Driver. It's a modern film set in the land of America. More specifically, Atlanta. Pre-zombie apocalypse. Okay. I assume. I assume everything's pre-zombie apocalypse. Uh, So, Edgar Wright's first American film, and it's very American-y. This film, (laughs) if I had to describe the genre, you'd get a little bit of action, a little bit of heist, a little bit of romance, a little bit of comedy little bit of music video, and oh. above all, Edgar Wright. He's a genre unto himself. Agreed. So that means lots of whip pans and quick zooms. <laughs> Write that into your stuff. So this is the story of our lead character, Baby. Not a literal baby, as I found out. I had not watched <laughs> the trailers going into this, so I was completely blind. Uh, played by Ansel Elgort. Well, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name. No, you got it, man. Oh, nice. Thanks, Andrew. I'll remember that when it comes to judging. (laughs) (laughs) Brownie points. So he's a young kid, you know, maybe 21, 22, somewhere around there. Uh, But he is the best damn driver there is. And he's working as a getaway driver for Kevin Spacey's character, Doc, who's like a big-time crime boss. How does Baby get wrapped up with Doc? Well, he's trying to pay off a debt to this crime boss. Long time ago, he jacked one of Doc's rides and lost all the cargo, much like your friend Han Solo, Eric, uh, without knowing what he was getting into. (laughs) This was when he was just a kid. So Kevin Spacey kind of shanghais him, brings him into service here, and says, you're going to work for me driving until your debt's paid off. Uh, Now, Baby, what you need to know about him... He's a Lannister. He's, he's not a Lannister. He's paying, paying his, <laughs> he is paying his debts. Paying he does always debts. pay his debts. It's <laughs> uh, a good point. He could be a Lannister, baby Lannister. Uh, oh gosh, more crossover potential. So he was in a car wreck at a very young age. His his parents were driving, and they died, but he survived. Otherwise, this movie would not be as interesting. He got tinnitus <laughs> from the accident, which is a constant. <laughs> You're both going for points. I like it. He got tinnitus in the accident, a constant ringing in the ears. So 
he always has earbuds in listening to music to dull out the tinnitus so it doesn't drive him crazy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he gets a lot of comments on that. Doesn't speak much. He's always listening to his music. People think he's disconnected. He lives at home, a uh, small apartment with his adopted father, Joe, or Joseph, uh, who is very disappointed that baby's doing this getaway driving, that he's involved in the shady stuff. All he wants in life is for baby to be happy. Joseph is an elderly guy. He's paralyzed. He's deaf. They communicate entirely via sign language, which is a really interesting thing. Oh, that's cool. Um, And so I really like that component of the relationship. So would you say that Joe wouldn't want anybody to put baby in a corner? Oh. Uh, 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 yeah, you just choke I'm on it. Choke on, on your joke. Keep on going. <laughs> we're, we're not stopping for that one. Uh, so, okay, let's talk a little bit about the world here. So, Baby will report in to a secure location with Kevin Spacey's character, Doc. And Doc will always have a crew and a plan for whatever heist they're pulling off. Doc never uses the same crew twice, but he always uses Baby. Baby is his good luck charm, and again, the best damn driver there is. He's an incredible driver. He was stealing and hot-wiring cars since he was a young child. Four minutes just remaining. loves the thrill. Ooh, gosh, we gotta keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, one of the fun things in this is that we see different crews, and they all have different code names. No, no one uses their real name. Although, as far as we know, Baby's name is actually Baby. Everyone else has code names, so they just assume it's a code name. But when he goes and he meets people in the outside world, he introduces himself as Baby. So, a few of the crew members who you could include, who are sort of the most memorable. You got John Hamm. You know, just John Hamm. Don't quite it... want this to be a ham fiction, but you can include him if you'd like. <laughs> I don't know what uh, you're talking plays... about, but I know John Hamm. So is it just John Hamm? He's John just Hamm John Hamm. After plays John the character Hamm. of Buddy. <laughs> Okay. Uh, who seems like a friendly guy, but then we start hearing stories about him being very violent, especially when it comes to people stepping up to his girl, Darling, played by Isa Gonzalez, I believe, uh, who is, my note here, uh, apparently this sums her up pretty well, is she is constantly trying to suck Buddy's face off. I think that <laughs> pretty much sums up her character. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't be I trying know, to do yeah. that? I, I would hazard to say that that's my goal every day. <laughs> so, you know, John Hamm's pretty laid back, tries to play it cool. He uh, used to be a getaway driver, but now he's more of a muscle kind of guy. And he's always standing up for Baby. On the mm-hmm. other hand, we got Jamie Foxx's character, Bats, who is just a crazy killer robber kind of guy. And he does not like Baby. Doesn't like the earphones. Doesn't like that he's a young kid. Doesn't like any of it doesn't like baby at all uh he robs like people breathe so if they stop at a mcdonald's he's not gonna pay the five bucks for his happy meal he's gonna just point a gun at the cashier and drive off that is bats to a t <laughs> this uh, guy is a loose he's cannon. a killer loose cannon live two minutes wire. remaining oh gosh all right so most important thing here baby falls in love with a woman as you have to do when there's music uh, this woman's name is Deborah. She works at the diner that Baby's mom used to work at, so he goes there all the time. And she likes to sing. He meets her when she's singing the song B-A-B-Y Baby, and he goes, oh my gosh, and he records it because this is something Baby does. He has a little micro cassette recorder, 
and he records things all the time. And then he goes home and he makes remixes out of them to listen to. And he hmm. does that with the crime people, which may or may not get him in trouble at some point. I don't know why it would <laughs> uh, if they were to find Hey-o. out about that. So he has this dream of just hopping in a car with Deborah and driving west. And that's his dream for when he gets out. But Doc's never going to let him get out. Uh, a couple fun little quirks in this film that I love. Baby's only ever listening to iPod classics, you know, the ones with the scroll wheels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's got, like, an unlimited supply one of them. minute remaining. And he'll always just pull out a new one. And he'll have different songs on different ones. <laughs> huh. And likewise, he's always wearing a pair of sunglasses. And if he loses his sunglasses, he just pulls out another one. So those are some of my favorite <laughs> jokes in the piece. Is, like, Bats knocking the sunglasses off his face. And then he just keeps reaching into a pocket and putting a new one out. <laughs> getting knocked off again. <laughs> Uh, so, That's good. Yeah, the, the core here uh, is we got about 30 seconds left, I think, <laughs> is Baby is in too deep. He wants to get out. His adoptive father wants to get out. These people start killing during the jobs. It makes him really uncomfortable, but there's nothing he can do because he's indebted to this crime lord. And he's in love with this beautiful waitress, Deborah, and they bond together through music, and he wants to ride out with her, but Doc's not going to let him go. So I think that about sums up Baby Driver. I'm sure you have some questions, and you'll each have about two minutes to ask those questions once this ends. Time's up. That you was did it. great timing. You Eight did a minutes. pretty good job there. That's how we did it. I, it would have taken longer if I didn't note specifically that Darling is constantly trying to suck Buddy's face off. It's good. <laughs> that, was, that was the defining feature. Oh, man. I hope that she's literally trying to do that, so she's like some sort of hey, lamprey. Hey, hey, hey. Save it for your script. Save it for your script. All right. We don't want to have any crosstalk here. Now, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to do each of you a two minute QA where you can ask anything. The other one doesn't get to hear the answer to the question. If you ask a question that the other person has already asked, I'm not going to answer it for you. So good luck with that. It's kind of family feud style in that way. <laughs> Uh, that's the only way. It's kind of family feud style. End of list. Oh, <laughs> except for surprise guest host Steve Harvey. Come on in, Steve. Oh my gosh, Steve. Oh, not Steve Harvey. It was oh. actually Moonlight. Oh. All right. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's all. I, all everything I know is just from late night comedy hosts. Uh, since the order that we do this Q&A in matters, I'm going to flip a coin to decide who gets to go first. So, very Eric, important. heads or tails? Uh, heads. Andrew, heads or tails? <laughs> what if I also choose heads? All right, flipping the coin. <laughs> we get, turns out it was a six-sided die. Uh, <laughs> came up on two. Andrew was second. So you're going to go first, Andrew. I think that's about fair. Uh, my question, I'm going to be right, asking questions out. first. So, Eric, please step on out. All right, bye-bye. All right, Andrew, it's just you and me. So we start the timer, and you can ask anything you want for two minutes, and I might answer it. Sounds Go. good. Two-minute Q&A, begin. Okay, uh, you know, questions. Let me think about this. I, of course, didn't think about them because I was too busy trying to be... Uh, witty and clever with my color commentary. I understand. Um, You're a sausage king. You've got people who do the writing for you normally. Oh my goodness. So this takes place in Hotlanta. Uh, 
Is there plenty of uh, southern uh, flavor oh, to yes. this story? That's a good question. Uh, obviously, Darling works, or not Darling, uh, Deborah works at a diner, and there's a lot of southern accents and a lot of southern sensibility with what's going on here. That's good. That's good. I'm so intrigued that this film, you know, they shoot so many movies in Atlanta these days that this actually takes place in Atlanta. That's a rarity. Oh, man. What else? Uh, this is an Edgar Wright movie. It's got a killer soundtrack. Um, what do I want to ask? I want to ask about. <laughs> You're crushing this q and I'm, I'm killing it. I'm killing it. I really don't know what else to ask about. Um because I got this. Uh, let's see. Are there cameos by former... Uh, wait, no, I don't want to know that. I don't want to have any spoilers. Um, <laughs> man, I'm just going to you know kill time. I don't know how much time we have left, but I... 30 seconds remaining. Well, that was convenient. That was convenient. Um, so... Did you, you you enjoyed the film? I love this movie. Is it in your top five? I want to go year? see it again. You want Easily to go see in it my again. top five Edgar Wright movies. Oh, that's 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 <laughs> high praise. He does I have five movies. Praise. Oh man. Uh, if Kevin Spacey had a fa- his life had a face, would you punch it? No. Okay. Time's up. All right. That was Thanks. a terrible Q and A. It was you a go great. Away, Andrew, and go okay. right. Get a head start on Eric. Okay, gladly. Just get Bye. out of here. Can't Bye. wait to see what you're right, buddy. Oh, boy. All right, Eric, you are back. I am back. How are you? I'm doing great. Ha, Andrew, you answered a question uh, outside of the two minutes. Oh, no, it's happening already. Okay, so questions. John Hamm's lady friend, the face sucker person, does she actually have a role in the crew? What does she do? Standard crew person. A, you know, shoots people. She's what? She's a runner. Like happy, she gets happy coffee. to shoot people. Go okay, in, she, she's a gun holder. Do all stuff, these characters all of them carry guns? All uh, of them does, are gunny. Does Baby have gunnies? Baby can be handed a gun occasionally, but he doesn't be. like the killing or the shooting. Okay, is Baby old enough to drink? Uh, probably. He never drinks in the film. He doesn't drink in the film. Maybe he does okay. at dinner. At a all fine right. dinner, he goes out with his lady. I think oh, they have nice. wine. Okay. I don't know why it matters. It's just if he's a child, it's different. Not in my a child. He, he's, let's say he's at least 21. All right. I mean, that's a child to me, but right. I'm old as balls. So, you know, and us Wookiees, we live hundreds of years. So Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. In the trees, not the caves. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, important questions. Uh, Atlanta. Uh, how much does the, the place actually play into this Can't story? Can't answer that. You, uh, he asked that question? Yes, That's he such did. a lame question. Andrew, you suck. All right. Uh, well, other things. Um, does the car that he's driving, is that important to the story at all? He steals different cars for the job, and he Just abandons them. rando so cars. anything that's convenient for the job. Does he do a lot of like tech talk about the cars? No, gosh. No. So he doesn't care. He's just he gets he, behind he the wheel. He's magic. He if you need something heavy, he'll get something heavy. So he okay. can ram people, etc. Oh, battering speed. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, fantastic. Uh, gosh, does he get red on him at any point? Yes, he does. Oh my uh, yes. Okay, I'm going to get some red on him. Good. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is exciting. I got nothing else. Time's I'm, up. All right. 
There we go. Well, I'm gonna go right. You get out of here. Fantastic. Will do. Talk to you later. All right. So they both did their Q and A's. Now they're gonna go off and write. One thing that I didn't get to tell them that you at home can be listening for along with me is how much the role of music plays in this film. I said that he's always listening to music, but Baby really lives these things like a music video. So if they incorporate specific songs and specific music into the piece, I'm going to be very impressed. And they might just win based on that extra little specialness. Let's see what they write. Boy, it feels good to be back. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. As we noted in the opening, this was a demo that we recorded back in the summer, and I need to update one of my responses based on recent allegations against Kevin Spacey. When Andrew asked me if Kevin Spacey's life had a face, would I punch it? I said no at the time, and I think that may be a firm yes today. If you're liking the show, please do us a favor and go on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. That really helps us in terms of getting the word out there. Share it with your friends. We love that. Subscribe. Really helpful thing to do. And if you super love us, you can give us a donation on coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com slash shamfiction. We'd love you forever or at least until we finish that cup of coffee or portion of our web hosting. See you next time. You hear that, Sham listeners? Sounds like a couple of hot rides just rolled up, ready to read some fiction. So without further ado, let's get started on a couple of dueling baby driver fictions. Andrew, since you did the first Q&A, let's start off with your story. All right, here we go. This is Andrew Neal's baby driver. Oh, is that what we were supposed to be riding? Damn! Boss Baby is also exceptional. Oh, good. <laughs> good. For you. Well, at least the stories are going to be different. I meant to say acceptable, but I said exceptional because it just really <laughs> hit the soul of my feelings about that film. <laughs> good. All right, here we go. Andrew Neal's Baby Driver. Take it away, me. <laughs> Do you want to get away? Way, way, way? Deborah's words reverberate between Baby's messed-up, bud-clad ears, sinking down beneath the ever-present hum. While crafting this, tr- this track two nights back, Baby had added the reverb because he thought it sounded cool. It doesn't sound like that now. It sounds haunting, as if Deborah and all the good things in Baby's life are fleeing. The words are nearly gone, nothing, leaving nothing behind but the hum. Then the beat drops. Bum, 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 bum. Baby hits the gas, presses the clutch, and shifts down. The engine roars, and Baby whips the wheel to the right. The street ahead is clear, but the sirens behind continue to howl. boy," Bats adds from the passenger seat. Keep making them turns but a smooth. He raises his <laughs> platinum-coated hand cannon at arm's length out the open window beside him. Bum, bum, bang, bang. The gunshot somehow blared to the beat. Even though bats can't hear, can't hear the mix, Baby winces. For an instant, he sees a face stricken with surprise and terror, but he pushes it away. In its place, he finds red and blue lights flashing in the rearview mirror. Stay cool, he thinks. What Do what you do. Get away. 
With his free hand, Bats lifts up his iced mocha and takes a long pull through a green straw. <laughs> it's a bonding experience, Doc had said to Baby. For this job to work, he has to trust you. And he doesn't. Prove him otherwise. Baby knows a coffee run isn't entirely what Doc had in mind, but their current situation isn't likely what he had in mind either. Doc doesn't like unnecessary risk, and neither does Baby. Especially not now. Now with escape in sight. Let's go, 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 go. Deborah's voice urges in the track, but it drifts away like before. The beat persists. Bum, 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 bum. Baby eases off the gas, gas presses the clutch, and drops the gear shift into fourth. Bats finishes his sip and releases an exaggerated sigh of satisfaction. Damn, that's a tasty beverage. He turns to Baby. <laughs> now keep it steady. Bats leads out the passenger window and raises his gun. Bum, bum, bang, bang. Once again to the beat. The face appears again, frightened, helpless. Baby can't deal with that now. Instead, he wonders about the synchronicity of his beat and Bats' trigger finger, even momentarily considering the collective subconscious. Could his and Bats' minds be somehow connected in this intense moment? If so, it needed to end. Baby didn't want Bats inside his car, let alone his head. You know, I was just thinking of something, Bats says, now back inside the car. You were? Baby thinks. Wouldn't I have heard it? The absurdity of this kind of thinking dawns on him. Hey! Bats shouts. You listening here, buds? Bats prods Baby's shoulder with the muzzle of his gun. It's hot on Baby's skin. He startles, making the car swerve. Easy, bitch! Bats cries. Baby takes a breath and tightens his grip on the wheel. With a few slight movements, he's back in control, just as they come across some light traffic. What's your problem? Bats asks. I thought she was cool. That won't cool. Baby keeps his focus ahead, navigating around the civilian vehicles. But he can catch Bats's wide-eyed stare in his periphery. It gives off more heat than the muzzle of the hand cannon. You surprised me, Baby says. Surprised you? Boy, you a driver. Why I here and you there? Bats gestures to their respective seats with his gun. You don't get to be surprised. Throughout this, Baby is mindful of where Bats trains his weapon. It ends up pointed at Baby's crotch. <laughs> cool him down, Baby thinks. He shifts into fifth, and the tack falls. What were you going to say before? Baby asks as he threads them between a pair of civilian SUVs to throw off the heat. What do you mean? Bats asks without breaking his fiery gaze. Before, you said you were thinking of something. Bats ponders this for a second and then relaxes. Oh, yeah. He instantly switches to a lighter demeanor as he takes a slurp of his mocha. He points his gun away from Baby's balls and towards the coffee. <laughs> I was just thinking, what do you call a cat that makes coffee? Uh, did, did you say a cat? Baby asks. <laughs> this throws him. Is Bats making a joke? Yes, a cat! Bats exclaims. <laughs> a man, fool! What's I gotta do? Wait it up for you? Damn! Bats casually waves around his gun as he speaks. Baby tenses. <laughs> Stay cool, he thinks. Don't piss him off. So yeah, Bats continues. What you call a man that makes coffee? Ah. Baby begins to answer, but the sight, of the, sight out the windshield distracts him. Two prowlers appear from the side streets, blocking the way ahead. His body acts without his mind's interference, moving to the beat. Bum, bum, clutch, shift, 
neutral, brake, wheel, left, wheel, right, clutch, shift, go. Through the smoke of burnt rubber, the car speeds away, back in the direction it came. The prowler blockade is left in the haze. Hell yeah! Bats shouts. That's more like it! Baby isn't so quick to celebrate. He sees red and blue lights. The pursuing car is now in front of them. I got this, Bats states, his tone once again darkening. I'll get around him, Baby says. Bats turns to him with an expression to match the tone. I said, I got this. Bats places his drink in the center cup holder and hoists himself up, hoists himself into a sitting position in the open passenger side window. Through the upper right corner of the windshield, Baby catches a glint of bright light, a reflection of sun off platinum. Bum, bum, bum goes the beat. Then Deborah's voice begins to speak. Just you and me, babe. Bang! Bang! The blasts arrive off time, and Baby sees a face full of fear. Its owner had just handed them their order, a double Americano and an iced mocha. One ended up on the floor when the shots rang out. Baby saw the man's eyes and mouth open wider than seemed possible before his face vanished behind the counter. There had been smoke and blood. Why did you do that? Baby had asked back in the Starbucks parking lot as they made their escape. <laughs> I don't pay. I rob. No. Why Why did you shoot him? Oh. He spelled my name wrong on the cup. <laughs> now Bats fires round after round at the approaching Prowler, which swerves to their left. They pass the vehicle, but Bats doesn't stop until his magazine is empty. In the rearview mirror... Baby sees the bullet-ridden cop car hit a light pole. Beyond that, the two cars from the blockade struggle to make pursuit, as stopped vehicles with confused civilians accumulate around them. Bat slips back inside the car and into his seat, picks up his coffee, takes a drink. Barista don't sound right, he says, fully relaxed. That's a girl word, and baristo just sounds stupid. He <laughs> chuckles and turns to Baby, smiling. <laughs> This sort of thing keeps me up at night. Baby takes his eyes off the road and looks at Bats. On the side of the plastic cup in the man's hand, Bats is, is spelled B-A-T-T-Z. Bum, 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 bum. The beat of his track continues to thump in his ears. Deborah's voice appears in the mix, assuring him. We can do it, baby. We can get away, way, way, way. The words reverberate through his head as they fade. The track ends. The hum returns. Only one job left, he thinks. It's what he told himself before, but it doesn't mean the same thing now. Not with this madman in his passenger seat. The end. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Well, that's a strong opening story for our little dueling challenge. But Mr. Carlson looks like he's raring to oh. go with take two. Oh. So let's bring drive-in gloves. Bring Eric on in to read our second fic, and then we'll have oh, a head-to-head yeah. -head collision. <laughs> no like survivors. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that sounds terrible. Oh, uh, just like my baby driver. All right, here we go. Here it comes. This is Eric Carlson's baby driver. The car is a Lincoln Continental, a recent model, colored black. It's Doc's car a fact that tells Baby that this is going to be a dull day. If Doc is using his own personal car, then they may as well be running errands. 
We need to run an errand, <laughs> Doc says as he closes the passenger door. Buddy and Bats pile into the back seat, Darling jammed between the two of them in the center. It's a roomy car, but the trio look uncomfortable through the rearview mirror, and immediately start to stare sullenly through the windows like bored children. The dangerous kind of errand? Baby asks, putting the white earbuds in place and scrolling through the silver iPod classic on his knee. Hopefully not, for the sake of my car. Baby selects a track and hits play. The song is a remix of his. This iPod is full of them. A bassier version of Green Onions begins to play, complete with Baby's own funky, eccentric drum track filling in the offbeats of the original Hammond organ track by Booker T. Downtown, is Doc's simple instruction. So Baby pulls a pair of Wayfarers out of his jacket pocket, snaps them over his eyes, and they're off. The modulated music track drifts organ notes and guitar jabs through separate ears, unified by the electronic drum kit. The highway becomes a gray ribbon in the scorching midday sun. The windows are down. Darling is snuggled on Buddy's shoulder, absentmindedly loading and unloading the clip in her pistol. Bats hasn't said a word since I got in the car. Baby, have you ever heard of Mr. G? Doc asks. Music producer? He answers. Yeah. Had some hits in the early 2010s. Piles of cash now burning a hole in his pocket. Baby was aware that the man had set up the HQ of his musical empire in Atlanta a few years back, and before he fell in with Doc's operation, he had aspired to one day visit, perhaps to show Mr. G some tracks of his. Bats chuckles, then dismissively says, What hits? Nothing I ever heard. Darling pipes in with, Does it matter? No, says Doc. All that matters is that he's a friend with money. We like friends with money, don't we, Bats? Friends? Doc is Mr. G's friend? Why? asks Baby, taking his eyes off the road to look at the older man. Because we need a financier. You should know this by now, Baby, says Doc. No, why are you friends with G-Man? He sounds a bit too <laughs> eager and he knows it. Bats laughs again, snorting the word. <laughs> G-Man. But Doc replies, We've worked together before. He's amenable to high-investment, high-reward scenarios, the business of which we are all in. You're a fan? Yes. Well, then I'm sorry that you'll have to wait in the car. The organ track from Green Onions cuts out suddenly, an echoing trail of sound drifting into the bottom of Baby's gut like a sinking ship. Why the retinue? Baby asks, gesturing to the back seat. One of them can guard the car, right? Buddy speaks up for the first time the whole ride and says with a smirk, Baby, your fanboy is showing. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not waiting in the fucking car, says Bats. That's your job, kid. You want us to get something signed for you? Darling laughs. Baby looks at Doc to say something, to shut them up and tell Baby that he can go into the meeting with them, to agree that it's a low-risk job that hardly needs a getaway driver. But the man just smiles and shrugs and says, There you have it, Baby. The drums come to a halt, and there's a long ringing in his ears as silence fills the track. They reach Mr. G's office building a few minutes later. Baby pulls the Continental up to the curb, and the gang ste steps out of the back seat, adjusting their clothes to hide their weapons from the view of the passers-by on the street. Doc gives him a paternal slap on the knee, then steps out of the car as well. Buddy seems to notice the dour look on Baby's face and says, Cheer up, Baby. When this job is over and this Mr. G guy has enough to cash to buy himself a new house, maybe he'll invite you over for coffee. 
His smile is patronizing and makes Baby feel like he's ten years old. Bats laughs yet again and says, You know, coffee sounds good. How about it, kid? Be a good little gopher and hit Starbucks for the gang? I like a nice caramel macchiato. He can't be serious. Latte for me, says Darling. Buddy just smiles and says, Me too. They can't be serious. Everyone looks at Doc, who nods to Bats and Darling and says, Actually, yeah, I'd be okay with that. He looks at Baby. Make mine a grande americano. Two honeys, not sugar. He can't be fucking serious. A new track begins to play. One of his remixes. Sounds of Deborah at the diner, clinking spoons and pouring coffee to create a simple beat. Poorly timed to start just then, but Baby doesn't hit skip. Doc slams the door shut. It's a beat from an 808. The track picks up momentum as the crew turns their back on him and step into the building. Baby punches the car into drive. The grinding sound of a ratchet whirs in his ears. Car horns screech as he passes. Synth bass, synth brass fades in and out, offsetting the staccato rhythm of the music screaming from the Silver iPod classic. Starbucks speeds into view. The bass thumps again and again. Throw it into park. Thump. Open the door. Thump. Step out. Thump. Shut the door. Thump. The coffee is poured in a flash. Four paper cups press firmly into a pulp drink carrier. Money changes hands and he's out of the door as the vocals enter the mix like the Kool-Aid man. Devastating and sweet. <laughs> it's Deborah's voice, sung for him once upon a time at the diner. They call you baby driver, she begins, a play on a Simon and Garfunkel tune. And once upon a pair of wheels... He's back in the car, rocketing through an alley to avoid midday traffic. Scoot down the road, what's your number? Baby speeds out of the alley and hits traffic, forcing him to slow down a block from Mr. G's office. I wonder how your engines feel. And he's stuck between a taxi and a minivan. A man in a suit is running towards him from the vicinity of the office building. Baby blinks. The man is gesturing to him emphatically. The man is Doc. Gunshots ring out on the street, snapping Baby's mind into focus and killing the ring in his ears. The other three are running behind Doc, trading gunshots with a pair of heavily armed cops wearing body armor. Baby throws the Lincoln into reverse, twisting the car back, tapping into the minivan behind him, before he launches the car forward and up onto the sidewalk. Baby guns it, closing the distance between himself and Doc in a matter of seconds, keeping the four coffees in the carrier balanced in his right hand. Then hauls left on the wheel in tandem with a deaf stomp on the brake. The nose of the car dips into the intersection and the Continental spins into a controlled 180 the passenger door coming to rest just as Doc reaches for the handle. It was a sting, he says as he pulls the door shut behind him and takes the coffee from Baby's hand. Darling reaches the car first, opens the back door, and the three of them throw themselves into the rear seat, winding up in a heap as Baby puts his foot down on the gas and they launch forward, back down the sidewalk the way he came, pedestrians running and diving out of the way. The open back door is slammed shut as it comes in contact with a fire hydrant, prompting a curse from Doc as the gang situates themselves in the back and begin taking their coffees from the carrier Doc is holding out for them. I thought this guy was your friend, Bat spits as he takes his macchiato. He's no longer invited to my 4th of July barbecue, <laughs> Doc quips, as Darling and Buddy take their matching lattes. Thanks for the coffee, Buddy, says Baby. Thanks for the coffee, Baby, says Buddy, as the Lincoln soars out of the opposite side of the alley. Baby cranks on the wheel, sending them into oncoming traffic as they inconveniently placed one way, and suddenly everyone in the car is screaming. 
Baby spares a glance into the back seat as he weaves through traffic. A smile fills his face as he notes with righteous satisfaction that there is now scalding coffee on everyone's laps. <laughs> Next time, don't send me for coffee, Baby says simply, then merges in with the traffic on Peachtree Street, the familiar sound of police sirens now filling the air behind them. The bass continues to thump, and Baby drives on. The end. Wow! Coffee! That's cool. (laughs) I haven't done a duel for a while, so this is exciting to hear these two different takes, which really give two different flavors of the story. I think Andrew's story did a great job of showing when things get really intense, and the relationship with Bats was pretty much spot on. And Eric got a bit more of the humor and lightheartedness of that. You can almost see the story Andrew that you wrote happening uh, during the coffee run in Eric's story like thematically as well (laughs) it would fit in along that that timeline so that was really interesting (laughs) I love that we both wrote wrote not just coffee runs but Starbucks runs yeah Yeah. I never heard of Starbucks uh, living in Seattle Uh, (laughs) (laughs) should should look it up Uh, liar so yeah, that was uh, that was great. I enjoyed both the stories rather a lot. Uh, so, good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think we should talk a little bit about the story process and a little bit about uh, how I'll be judging you here. Then I can give a winner of this head-to-head, full-body, totaling collision that we just witnessed. Is that right? I'm not nope. good with cars. You. You're a wordsmith, for sure. Okay, that's what I'm going for here. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the first thing I'm going to be talking about is the adherence to the pitch. And I think both of you did a really great job with that. Uh, You really got the characters spot on. You got the flow of the music in and out. I loved how you both had babies tinnitus in an interesting way, where you brought the ringing in when the music stopped. Uh, a lot of the signature visuals as well, the iPods, the buds in his ears, excellent. So what did you do to make sure that you adhered to that pitch so well? What was your starting process here? Andrew, you want to start us off? Yeah, so to start, I had to perform a bit of triage in terms of which characters I wanted to use. And it seemed like the most contention was between, um, well, it, I mean, the primary conflict seems to be between Baby and Doc, um, since it's been around the longest, and that's the uh, the where he's stuck, because Doc kind of has him wrapped around his finger. And But Bats was the one that sounded the most dangerous in terms of just physical danger. So I wanted to use that. And so that's where I started, was just like, well, do I want to bring the other characters in? And I decided not to, just to focus on the danger, because you had mentioned that Baby is nonviolent or tries to be nonviolent. So that I latched onto as my key conflict is Baby's in a situation where Bats is using a lot of unnecessary violence and it's bringing the bringing things to a head where Baby's realizing that it's going to threaten his ability to get out. And that's so. essentially the third act of the film. <laughs> you could describe yeah. it that way. Hmm. 
Eric, how about you? How did you take on this challenge? Well, first of all, the only perspective you can have in this story, I think, is babies. Yeah. Because, I mean, not only is it babies st- just his story, because he's the protagonist of the film, but, I mean, without his personal uh, involvement, like, without him being the main character, you don't get that music, which is such an important thing. You know, he's got this ringing in his ears, he always has the earbuds in, and the way I interpreted that was that he's not a kid who really processes much with words. He processes things with music. So without having that music in the story, I don't think you can get Baby as a character. Yeah. So that's kind of where I started. Um, like I figure he mostly, the driving thing, it's all instinct for him. Um, the thing that's going on in his head is the music. And that's important. So that's kind of where I started. Though, uh, I, I took a few missteps, honestly, when writing this thing. Like, there were... I wrote... I started writing two versions of this before I finally wrote this story. Oh, interesting. Uh, and the first two were dark. <laughs> um, with Where I was trying to extrapolate the plot that you had given us, you know, sort of the setups. I'm like, where's the obvious place it could go? And one of them was, oh, well, his Uncle Joe is obviously going to get murdered at some point. So I did the story about Uncle Joe getting murdered, and then I realized it wasn't fun. No, unless he has spider powers. That's a very sad story. Exactly. But he's got driving powers, so... (laughs) comes driver-hyphen, man. (laughs) Uh, And then the second story I wrote was actually Baby getting in a confrontation with bats, (laughs) and Baby killing bats. Also not a fun scene. (laughs) Way too dramatic. And so I tried to write something light and, and fun, which is why I ended up with a coffee run. Nice. And, yeah, I think uh, you both hit different parts of this movie because it has both of those elements. What was the length, approximately, of these stories? Because we were trying to get between 1,000 and 1,500 words for these. Uh, mine was about 1523. So I went 23 over nice. for Eric's. Yeah. Yeah, and mine was uh, a little over 1,300. It's, I think, like 1,307. Nice. Well, I'm looking at the number right now. You know, with these shortest stories, you both managed to tell a complete beat, and that was really enjoyable to me. Uh, It's definitely different trying to get under 1,500 versus what we used to do on the show. I mean, for Andrew and me especially, we would always go, like, 1,500 was our bare minimum. And most of the time, they'd be closer to 2,000 words. And so to have that element, to have that restriction in place was a big challenge for me. Is You have to write a different type of story. It has to be way simpler. Yeah, you're shooting from the hip here. Yeah, yeah. Was that a challenge for you, Andrew? Because you actually stayed within that limit. Yeah, it was. It was a challenge in the planning more so than in the writing. Um, It was just trying to find a smaller moment uh to 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 write to but i think i did that well enough that when i got to actually writing the thing i really was never in a risk of breaking the limit cool nice well yeah i say you both had very high quality stories uh and they were both very original brought in some interesting elements to the storytelling Bonus points. One of the things I talked about after you left was actually the integration of music into it. I wish I would have mentioned that more, that at times this really feels like a musical with the lyrics Mm. propelling the action 
and syncing up with what he's doing. There's a wonderful sequence at the beginning of the film where you actually see the lyrics spray painted on different buildings as he's dancing through the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Eric hit closer to that just out of trying to incorporate an existing song into the narrative. But you really hit the nature of these remixes a lot. And that was a very sad thing, Andrew, that uh, really got me emotionally. Yeah, uh, I want to ask a bit about, to Eric, regarding like the song choice. The one is pretty obvious, considering it's the pretty much the, the shared title with the movie. Mm-hmm. But what, what, what was it about the Booker T track that you chose? Were you listening um, to it at the time you were writing? Actually, yeah, I was. I had a a inst- like a funky instrumental playlist on Spotify that I was writing to, and um, Green Onions was in there at some point. I think I even mentioned or tried to mention some of the other music that I was listening to at the time, but that definitely played directly in. Nice. And plus, it's just a good song. Cool. That would be on your Baby Driver mix. Oh yeah, nice. All Especially you baby's remix of it, according to the Hell slogan, yeah. is one killer track. So, uh, so you're probably wondering Crickets. who the winner is, <laughs> right? Because this was a fight to the death. Oh yes, right. Competition. Uh, mm, you you go, uh, Andrew. You go down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. These macho fellas right here. Uh, uh, yeah. You know. Uh, eat my dust. Yeah. I live Vroom. my life a quarter mile at a time. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, your stories are very close, but I think it'll come as no surprise that the winner, the best writer of Baby Driver, was none other than Edgar Wright. What? Edgar Wright what? did the best version of Baby Driver. Uh, so you both what? lost. But oh, no! <laughs> the person who no! lost less. That's what we're going for. Uh, the, the lesser loser of you two losers. I have to tip to Eric for incorporating the existing music into the piece. It's a very hard decision. And that's, that's what was the tipper. I think uh, Andrew no. had a more emotional story, which got my feels, but I had to make a decision, and since I am the host this week, and you'll never be judging me, so it'll never come back to bite me, <laughs> I'm tipping it to oh. Eric. Oh, Someone it's, it's doesn't okay. know what's coming. <laughs> it's okay, Andrew. We're, we're still both losers in this. Oh, yeah, I mean, you both lost. <laughs> Eric just lost a little bit less. Uh, Edgar Wright is the big winner. He takes home all the prizes. And uh, pretty big, pretty generous. He gets to keep all of the profits from writing the film. We're not wow. taking any of that from him. <laughs> because he won. I, I didn't know we were so altruistic. That's very kind of us. You know, we try to help out our British friends. So... <laughs> right. That's if you, good. If you want so, to see Baby Driver, you should see Baby Driver. You go to a movie theater if it's still playing, which it probably is. Uh, we don't know when this is coming out yet, but you will because you'll be listening to it. If you're listening to it, it's out. So go and see <laughs> Baby Driver in a cinema if possible. If not, wait a few months, get it on your streaming services, your Blu-rays, what have you, and get that soundtrack on the MP3, the CD, or the vinyl if you're so inclined. And you can be but, your own but Baby Driver. But, but where do I go to buy? Where do I go to buy that music? I don't. Where do you go to buy music? I think there are stores like like uh, Sam Goody 
Could I, could I like uh, <laughs> Suncoast? Suncoast video, yeah. <laughs> Blockbuster, uh, I think sometimes had movie soundtracks. <laughs> you can check that out. Well played. Thank you. All right, that's very helpful. Thanks. I'm, I'm I appreciate glad I could it. help. Uh, and I, I wanted to make it clear for the audience, the listeners, they they need help. Yeah, I mean, they're listening to this show. Shoot us an email help. at where can I buy music at shamfiction.com. And we'll probably get back to you. Yay. So, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Thank you very much to our two fantastic writer contestants today, whom we will but never see again Eric. on the show. No. But Eric, no. a little bit more than Andrew, but a lot less than Edgar Wright. So, oh. any any last words for our friends on the new season of Dueling Sham Fiction? Oh, it's good to be back. Yeah. It is. I, that, I, I had a good time. I had a good time. I mean, I lost, like, the most, but I still had fun. I this, this, this was great. This was a lot of fun. We should do this again next week. Well, guys, oh, man. You know, think about this. I was hanging out with two losers this whole time, and I didn't know it. So, however bad you feel, I feel... Worse. I could have been hanging out I, with Edgar Wright this whole time. <laughs> yep, yep, because you best buds. Yeah, that was the alternate option. <laughs> Alright, until next time, we love you, Edgar. Uh, you can't be the love you, audience. Energy. We love you, audience. We'll see you next <laughs> week on Dueling Champion. <laughs> beep, beep. Uh, room? Sham Fiction is a Two Jackets production hosted by Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Original music by Reed Reimer. Head to shamfiction.com for the episode archive. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. This has been a Two Jackets production.